What is up, Sell Anywhere listeners and viewers? Those of you who realize that your talent is not limited to your zip code, whether you were forced into it by COVID or whether you've chosen this life of adventure, I get to um, I get to I get to live a life that I don't know, pinch me sometimes. I get to hang out with my heroes. I get to hang out with people that I see say things. And, uh, and then I get to have conversations with them. And so you are going to, uh, you're gonna get charged up. This guy already is bringing the energy and I just had to stop talking to him and throw him right here on the podcast. And, and so I'm gonna get to know him at the same time you are, person to person. Welcome the one and only, at least on my show, Marcus Chan. And Marcus, before you tell us what you do, man, Tell us where you're at. All right. So, uh, hey, Donnie, my absolute pleasure to be on uh, this uh, show today. So, I'm Marcus Chan. I'm out in Portland, Oregon on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon. Home office. Biggest hipster town ever. And, of course, it sounds like as of right now, it's recording. It's in the news everywhere because all the crazy things are happening. But I'm totally safe, just so you know. Okay. All right. So, did uh, like, are we in – is this space that you've overtaken and made your own? Or is this your home office that we're looking at? This is this is my home office right here, right here, right here. This is this is where all the magic happens. Love it because it looks like you are settled in. I see charts, I see books, I see magical sayings behind you. Um, how long <laughs> did it take you to build this environment, my man? And, and do you work anywhere else, or is this the the the, the main the main place where the this back is cave? This is where this is where I do everything. I mean, this this whole thing probably took I don't know. The the books are you know behind me are uh, man. That's probably taken. Just years over the years collecting the books right so that that's been a, an ongoing thing but actually organizing this whole place i mean i don't know an hour <laughs> so <laughs> pretty easy to organize so. is is this the bat cave or do you have other places where you work from this is it i uh, I, i'm i like to i'm pretty fortunate to have my own home office so i really like to have that separation right so i can turn the brain on and off right for family time and you have a little bit of separation from everything else to you know to give 100% in whatever I'm doing. Now, obviously, work from home with kids, they, they fly in here, and, you know, sometimes there's toys everywhere in here that kind of clean up, you know, you know how it goes, so. Uh, brother, yeah. I do, I do know how that goes. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I first started, my coach had to get me a sign that, that people would hang on the front of their business. It would say open or close for business. <laughs> yeah. So the kids knew that they couldn't come in during that time. So. Bring us into what you do, right? Some of us get to, um, we get to do the things we love. We get, to, uh, in, in, in some of us have figured out the people we love doing it for. And I think that's you. I think that's you. Every time I read your stuff, and by the way, I found uh, Marcus on LinkedIn, just sharing some absolute fire. And every once in a while, you see me spit some of his stuff out or share it or repost it or whatever. And that's where I found you. But you get to do what you love with who you love. So tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely right. And, um, you know, uh, so uh, I'm the founder of a company called Venley Consulting Group. And I work directly with B2B sales professionals to help them sell more and earn more regardless of needing years of experience. And uh, I love, absolutely love what I do because I get to work with the people that I, you know, that's where I started. 
and help them really develop the skills to achieve their goals, their dreams, their desires, and everything they want in life. And that's very, very powerful for me. Love it. And by the way, I just now realized that we are twinning. So look at this. Oh, we got look at this. <laughs> I, had to, I had to take a little quick snapshot for those of you who are listening. Thank you for humoring my weird humor. Um, Marcus, how did you get to that place? Because for me, I don't know. It didn't happen on purpose. Like actually sales was the one thing I said I will never do. And I, I learned a lesson, never, never tell anyone that you'll never do anything. And for a, for a few years in my life, it felt like, it felt like I had to become another person. It felt like an itchy suit. It felt like it didn't fit. And finally, one day, someone helped me to own myself in the process. And like, in, it was like bolt of lightning. And now I know who I am. And now I know why I'm here. And sales was the greatest enabler of my life. So how did you... How'd you get here, man? Like, was this on purpose or like, uh, like talk to us? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, um, you know, I think like, like many people, you know, uh, when you grow up, you always, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll feel like they're, they're destined for something greater. All right. And, and I remember growing up as a kid, I've always felt I was destined, destined for something greater. However, I never knew what that was. And, and I remember, you know, when I graduated from college, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, you know, my parents, they really wanted me to be a, a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, some of those lines. And I didn't do any of those things. And, you know, when I decided to go into sales, it, and it wasn't that I decided to go into sales, right? It was more so because of what uh, was basically, you know, pitched to me, if you will. It was uh, working for a startup division to build something from scratch, and that mission to me was very, very powerful. And it was funny because I actually was really fortunate. I had five job offers on the table and I turned on all of them, which were paid significantly a lot more. Like this one was like a twenty, like $9,000 base salary. Everything else was like a 45 to 60K base salary. So I took the lowest one, right? That had commissions tied to it based off a, a potential mission to build a business from scratch, a pioneer. And, and to me, like it was interesting when I, when I made that decision. I remember my parents were very much against it. They're like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you know, the economy started to get kind of weird on us. Like you should be, should have taken this job in the bank. You should have taken this analyst job. It's more stable and you can go into sales. I'm like, well, no, I'm building a business. I, I wasn't willing to admit it was sales. I really wasn't. Um, and when I started, it was hard, right? Like I wore a suit. I wore an itchy suit. I wore that starch white shirt. It was a hard job. And it was, and I struggled. And I was the worst rep. Eventually, I eventually figured out how to sell effectively. And then was fortunate to have some pretty cool success. And then, you know, I got promoted, you know, multiple times over the next several years. And I built multiple seven-figure operations. And even that point, I was still not willing to admit that I was in sales, right? And it was only when I made a jump into Wait, uh, what was your title? What did you call yourself instead of sales? Because we have all these creative titles, right? I, I was an account specialist, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, oh man, and it was funny because um, even when I, I, I made a jump to another company, right? Um, and I was scared to make the jump. I was having a lot of success, and I, I made that jump, and it was into outside sales role. And my title was like something you know different as well at the time, right? And I went and I jumped and I was able to repeat my success pretty quickly. And I was like, that's when I was like, oh man, I really, I kind of like the sales gig actually. This is like years after I graduated at this point. I'm like, 
I can't, I'm actually kind of decent at it, right? And then, of course, I, I was into a leadership role and I was developing leaders and I, I turned around the worst team in the company and they started turning out high-performing sales professionals. And then I'm like, huh, my stuff really works anywhere and everywhere. That was like an on, aha. I'm like, wow. Like, because I changed company, I was still a little bit hesitant. I'm like, but now really, I'm like, wow. And then I, I, at this point, you know, I've been in corporate America for almost 10 years. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. my friends, family, reach out to me for, you know, sales advice. And I guide and coach them. And I really enjoyed that, right? I really enjoyed the teaching aspect of it, right? But more importantly, when they're able to apply and get results, I love that. And at that point, I still didn't know, you know, I was still in corporate America. And I was like, you know what? like what I'm doing. And then I got promoted to a role where uh, I was in a regional director role. I had a large, large sales force of 85 reps at the time over multiple States. And, um, and I was able to replicate everything again. And I started seeing how I could start scaling. I'm like, I'm, I'm able to scale what I've been doing, right? Like, like the, the insecure guy who didn't want to call himself a salesperson has, well, simply figured out how to self effectively how to teach people at scale. And that was an aha in my head. And then I'm like, okay, like, what else can I do with it? How can I scale this, you know, scales further, right? And so then, you know, at that point, you know, I had started to learn about internet marketing. And, p- and people at that point for a couple of years were, were saying, hey, listen, like you had promoted 10 times in 10 years. You achieve all the results. You're training all the You're winning all these words. You're turning around these like, decimated teams. You should write a book. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I wrote a couple of ebooks. And then I started to sell them online. <clears throat> and that was like an aha because – it's very weird to wake up and have like a $9 payment from some random person on your phone. And I was like, uh, huh, there's something here. But I knew, you know, when you're a high performer, it's really hard to leave a very high paying job for $9 an ebook. It really is. So that's actually when I decided how can I scale to the next level? And I learned how to build an online digital program. And I basically built a comprehensive digital program that used A to Z, how to prospect and close. A to Z, the whole beauty process. And it took me two years to build that because I, tra- I was traveling quite a bit. I mean, my team, I grew to 110 employees. And I mean, I was in a hotel room 100 nights a year. So I built this on my free time, right? And, um, and I did a soft launch last year in 2019 and sold some copies, right? And then I started selling more copies and it's a more expensive item. And people started getting results. People I didn't know. I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is like, this is amazing. So I basically... Uh, decide you know what like to take it to the next level for me to truly impact more people at scale the only way i could do is, is do my own thing like i love what i did i had a big team great reputation was with my last company for almost nine years i'm like you know what like if i really want to this is like this is my calling to build a legacy and to really influence the next level i need to release myself from any type of bond that holds me back, right? Ooh, mm-hmm. And I had golden handcuffs, so I had a bunch of stock that I was going to invest, right? Um, I also had, you know, my presence club trip. You know, it's a, it's a top elite trip that was happening in the summer, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go on my trip, which was in August. And then after my trip, uh, I had a bunch of stock I was going to invest right before that. But I also knew we had an earnings call that was going to happen, like, you know, third week of September. So I'm going to wait till... That earnings call, so I knew the stock would go up. I would cash out my stock, and I would roll it the next day. So I planned it out. So from there, I mapped out really my whole business, my house, and I basically launched my business and create a big impact on the world, help help salespeople across the world. And I quit my job September 19th, 
2019 and started my own business. And it's been an amazing journey since. Obviously, there's challenges like anything else, but but that's how I came to be where I am today. It wasn't like I woke up like, I'm going to do this business 10 years ago. It, it took time. It was a, 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 a journey to get to that point. So you have a long answer to, to your question. I, I love it. Well, there's, there's a lot of things to mine from that, man. I always, uh, I always look at the golden handcuffs and, and regardless of what color they are, they're still handcuffs, yeah. right? And being bold enough and brave enough to step beyond that, there's usually some pain associated with that, right? And some fear. And um, boy, the like, uh, same, same thing for me a couple of years ago. And it felt like I was walking out on a high wire with no net and right. I was naked and they were firing bullets at me. And I don't know, like it was like, you know, and the, and the high wire was on fire. Um, right. How did you, you know, how did you, how did you choose legacy? Like what, what helped yeah. you to be able to do that? Yeah. What's interesting is, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I think, um, you all, there's, there's certain times in your life when you look back, you're like, that was the moment, this thing, uh, this person, this event, this thing I read, this, this aha. Right. And, and for me, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where, you know, in life, we all, many of us have, you know, means goals versus ends goals, right? Okay. And awesome. a lot of times those means goals, like, hey, I want to hit a certain income each year. I want to get married. I want to buy a house. I want to do this. I want to get this promotion, right? Those are means goals, right? right? And when you think about this, when you uncover your ends goals, like where do you eventually want to go? What do you eventually want to achieve, right? You start thinking a different way, right? And for longest time, I was chasing means goals and I didn't realize, mm. right? I was chasing means goals. I'm going to get this promotion. I'm going to get this title. I'm going to get this stock. I'm going to get this award. I want to win this. I want to win that. And that was really cool for sure. But when you, as, you, uh, as you start to experience more and learn more, you start realizing I was chasing the wrong things, right? I was chasing means goals. And for me, I'm like, I had to get clear on my ends goals, right? And it was getting clear my end goals. And number one, um, you know, what do I want to be known for? And I read a book. And this book, I remember is when it really hit me. This must have been 2016 or 17. Whenever I read the book, it was Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits. Yeah, baby. Great book. Phenomenal book, right? And he talks about, for him, he realized live, love, matter. That was his three. And to me, then I'm like, huh. Like, you know, I've been pretty fortunate. I, I've not been in, in a near-death experience. That's how he uncovered his. But I really had to dig deep into my heart, into my soul, and really say, hey, listen, if I was to pass tomorrow, like, what three words would I want people to say about me? Yeah. What would they want? Like, nice. like, I don't want them to say, oh, you, you won this award, or, you know, you did this. I'm like, I want them to, like, like, how did I really impact them, right? And that's when I realized, I'm like, okay, if I had three words, it would be legacy, influence and love mm. and and when i realized that that was a shift it was like it was it was almost as if like you know like um before i had lasik surgery for my eyes i thought everything was okay and then i got lasik i'm like oh, holy crap i can see everything i can see the detail on the back of that beetle you know like <laughs> like you suddenly can see at another another you have more clarity than ever and i thought i had clarity but it wasn't clear enough. Yeah, this and is... once it got massive clarity on those things, that changed 
what I had to do. That changed how I had to plan. <clears throat> that changed the strategy. It made me think on a bigger level. And that's when, and when, when you do that, your life changes when you can get to that level. It, it really does. And here's the thing. I have a feeling I'm not quite clear yet. There might be more. I just don't know. Dude, dude, dude. I love it. Now, <clears throat> for those of you listening, we're going to get into the sales stuff. Uh, and, and I promise you that because there's no way I'm going to talk to Marcus and not get <laughs> into that. But man, there's, there's a couple things that I, I just want to add on top of and, and, just, and just slow down for a second because there's, there's two things that if we're just always after knowing how to get, I love how you separated it to, in ends goals and means goals, right? Yeah. Knowing <clears throat> and having clarity. Clarity gives confidence. And one thing that you did, Marcus, is you clarified your mission, right? When, when you have a mission, and usually a mission is people-oriented. It's not self-oriented. You have a mm -hmm. mission. You know your people, right. and you know what you want to deliver them to or deliver them from. When you have a mission, the... the what this is going to sound i don't care how it sounds dude we are we are now engaging the power of love to get someone mm -hmm. moving from one place to another and that brings a whole different energy to what we're doing and it removes mm, the grind and i know there's a little bit of mythology around the grind and i want to get to that in a moment but something else you said kind of struck me and, and the other day i was i was um working with someone who was the head of a, a sales organization. He's like, well, how much, you know, he's going through major, how much should be done here and here? And I'm like, well, what do you think? And he said, more. <laughs> and I'm like, tell me more. He's like, well, more than what's happening now. I'm like, more, we'll, we'll define well, more. Mean, Here's the problem. And it's why? just like, said, like when, you, when you have the means goals, more, right. when you get to more, how will you know when you got to more? What happens right. at the end of that finish line? Well, there's right. more. It never goes away. It's, it's the great mm -hmm. hamster wheel of life. It's chasing the horizon. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that we can, we can step up to and own specifics. Mm -hmm. And we can say what we want without, like more is a cop out for basically not, if you say a number and you don't hit it, then you feel sucky, right? Or you can't, right? And, and I, I, th I think more is just being lazy. And so I just wanted to reflect that because I know that someone listening right now is, is um, I've done that a thousand times, dude. And, and you just yeah. mentioned it with the means and ends and kind of those, not like those goals that kind of like were there. It's the trip, it's the this, and it's like, hey, why I just finished second grade? Oh, so you can get to third grade. Well, why did I just finish third grade? There's always that carrot that's out in front of us that we didn't put there. And Marcus, you, you decided what yours was. And, 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. I, wanted to, I just wanted to dance with you a little bit there. And, um, and I love it. What drew me to you is, is your, um, your view of sales and um, the whole itchy suit thing. Not just wearing it, but actually feeling like, is this me? Why do I have to act like this weird guy? And you mm -hmm. dispelled recently uh, some myths. Mm -hmm. that it takes to, um, oh, if, I, if I'm in sales, I have to be this. Mm -hmm. And before we go there, myths are powerful. We think we have to, like, it's like these things that we think we have to be. And so what happens is most people are going in that direction because it's the only, mm -hmm. thing, only option they've been given. But talk to me. Tell me why we don't have to be sleazy to be salespeople. Why don't we have to 
outwork everyone, outgrind, out hustle everyone in sight. Can you can you deal with, deal with some of those myths or maybe some others that you feel like that you've seen in the path? Yeah, and I think the first one right is just our natural inclination towards salespeople, right? Which is, hey, you know what? Like we've all experienced that salesperson who is sleazy, right? And when you think back to, if you really think into the deep heart of it, right? Our number one reason we don't like to work with salespeople and buy things, right? Is because of fear of buyer's remorse. We, we fear getting tricked. We fear someone lying to us. We fear that what we get is not what we were sold, right? Like that, that, that's really the heart of rule. If you knew there was no risk, you wouldn't care. You'd be like, oh, cool, no problem. Whoever is, no problem. Yeah. But in our mind, we, that has happened or we've seen it in the media, it's been portrayed that way. So if we are in sales, like in fact, we're probably the most critical of salespeople, right? Like you go and you run, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they cold called me that way. I can't believe they knocked my door that way, right? We're more critical, right? You know? So, um, and in reality, this is when we, when we think we have to be sleazy to sell, you actually don't sell that well. And a lot of times I find those people who try to act, you know, kind of slimy and overly aggressive, they don't sell that well either, right? Like the, the, the fast talking, you know, quote, unquote, used car sales person, you know, that you people view, it's people don't like that. They really, really don't, you know? But in reality is, is what I find is majority of the time, most salespeople were never given the proper tools, training, resources to be successful. So they go out there trying to imitate what they expect. If they saw Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? They're like, you know what? I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to ask questions like, hey, if you were drowning in the ocean, I threw you a life preserver, would you grab it? <laughs> yeah, of course I would grab it. <laughs> but that's a stupid question. Why would you ask me that, right? I'm just annoyed as a prospect, right? So, like, this, people see that and then they try, they try to imitate that. And then you add in leaders, sales leaders, who uh, were maybe good at sales for whatever reason, became a leader who doesn't know how to replicate success so they push their people to make more calls, make more dials, and just be aggressive and push, 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 push. So you have underdeveloped leaders, right? Not teaching a good process, and it becomes a bad cycle, right? And this leads to bigger things such as people getting tons of like you know pitches all the time, from a cold call pitch to a DM pitch to an email pitch, right? And it's it's, it's a really bad cycle. And then they turn over and they go somewhere else, and it's nonstop, no yeah. training. No development, nonstop. And then quota keeps getting missed. And then they wonder, hey, what happened? Why are you missing quota, right? It all ties together. And at the end of the day, you don't need to be sleazy to, to sell. The reality is, is when you talk to the top 1% of any sales organization, very rarely are they like this like super slimy person. Very rarely, right? Like most of the time, they're very real. They're very authentic. They're very transparent. In fact, like sometimes they're actually more introverted. Like I'm actually an ambivert. So I, I, I fall right in the middle. I, could, I need my time by myself. I can work a crowd, but I prefer to be in the middle, right? right. And, and then that's the opposite, or that's not even the opposite. That's, like in the, that's, that's not quite what you expect a, a science salesperson to be like, right? So um, 
that that that's a it's a major myth. You very rarely see people are, that are successful in sales consistently, you know, who fall into that quote unquote sleazy, slimy type of sales persona. Yeah. So, all right, take me, and I and I, I just find it to be the exact opposite. I never, I've never found. Well, let me take it back. I think in my earlier sales career, I would have found people who were pushy, slimy, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think where there is um, a disparity of knowledge, perhaps people can maybe, maybe do that. But um, it's just, it's not something that really exists in most industries right. uh, anymore. So I guess maybe if I was selling satellite space on um, uh, Starlink for Elon Musk, maybe because like who else in the world knows about that? But um, again, I'm not saying they're jerks, but there might be a little bit more capacity for that there. But I just, I just find like they're just really good people. They really want to serve. They're really on top of their game. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know that you are, well, well, take me here. I work more than everyone else. That's how, I, that's how I'm the best salesperson. Talk to me about that because that's one thing that stops a lot of us and, and, and I think keeps us in a place of mediocrity is because we're afraid of having to, work a hundred hours a week. Well, talk to me about that. What do you see? And that's a, that's, that's a great one as well, right? It's like, I need to work 80, 90, hundred hours a week to, to make that income I want or to achieve those type of goals. Right now, can you work that many hours and be successful? Yeah. But you can also work that many hours and not be successful. Right. 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 Uh, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's, <laughs> you know, and, and, and here's the thing, like think about the most successful people we, we all know, like, most of them do work hard to a certain extent, right? But don't you know people that work really hard and just don't get any results? Like I know many people who work 80, 100 hours a week and they're barely making ends meet. Like working hard does not equate to success. Thank you. It so just what? means you work hard. Yeah. Right? That's all it means, right? Now, it's how do you work hard, right? That changes the game, right? And, and top salespeople, they understand this, right? Like, the top salespeople, they know, they know every part of the sales process matters. Every single detail. They know if they do it the proper way, they get better results than they don't do it. Right? Like, for example, they know, okay, you know, if they do a better job on, say, research before they jump into a sales call, that sales call will move the ball down the field much further and faster than if they didn't do research. Because now they can show they can gain trust. They've done their homework, that they're a professional. So the risk for the buyer is much lower, right? Versus they didn't do any research. Now that sales call might be 10 sales calls before they close, right? So there's all these things that have a trickle effect, you know, for sales professionals. When you, when you understand that as a sales professional, that really it's oftentimes a game of, you know, inches. It's a little tweak there, a little tweak there, a little tweak there that can really change the game and get a better result. Yeah. So that means you ultimately can then focus on making the shifts that count. And then when you know that, then you have better results. So it's no different than you can either, you know, try to chop a tree down for eight hours with blunt ax, or you spend four hours sharpening it and cut it down in half an hour. Abraham Lincoln, right? Abraham Lincoln, right? Yeah. So, and that applies to really, really everything, right? And it's really, if you think about every part of the sales process, it's the same thing. And I found top sales professionals understand that so well. They know that. And they know it's not about one call closing every time. I'm not saying that. But they know, hey, every time I interact with a customer, can I help increase trust, likability, and move the ball? 
every single touch. They're not just checking in and checking. There's an intent with every single move. And a lot of times, if there is a line, you can see, imagine a line, there's selling and living consciously and unconsciously, right? Selling consciously means you are moving the ball intentionally. Every call, every dial you make is intentional, right? Unconsciously is, I just need to make dials. I'm uh, supposed to follow up, so I'm going to follow up, right? And you see, and you see that, right? Yes, and that's it gets, the majority. I'm sure that's the majority of what's out there. No question. It, get, it, get, it gets, you know, gets perpetrated through like, hey, listen, like, make more. The more, you know, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. The more dials you make, the better, right? But here's the thing. I have not found a single sales professional, a top sales professional, that makes 30 dials an hour. Because they don't, right? They don't, right? They might make, say, 10 dials in an hour. And they know if, they, if that, that prospect answers, the, the appointment's booked. They know that, you know, because they're so targeted with how they do their approach. You know, they're working with a sniper rifle versus a shotgun. Okay. You All know? right. <clears throat> so I want to, I want to see if you would be willing to, uh, we're going to, we're going to work backwards through um, maybe not every stage of the sales cycle, but I'd like to start with the end, you know, end first, because if totally. we, we know where we're going at the end, it yep. at the beginning. And so, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if you can maybe hone in on a best practice in each totally. of these areas. And so now all, like we've got, man, these sell anywhere people who are, I mean, they're not limited to a, to a zip code. They're, 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 they're listening to Marcus Chan. They see, they see what you're putting out there. And it's like, they just need one thing from you that's going to put them over in each of these areas. Yep. Ready? Yep. Let's do right. it. Cool. So um, asking for we'll call them connections, but you know, referrals. So asking for connections from people yeah. who are current clients. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. So first off, um, as you know, right, we're sales people. The number one reason people don't get referrals is they simply don't ask. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's like the number one reason, right? Um, <clears throat> I like to do a very simple three step method. Okay. Um, so I first ask, I'll, 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 I'll say the method and I'll go through exactly what I say. So, I do an open-ended question that hopefully will lead to a referral. If it doesn't, that's okay. Then I give them a little bit of specific direction, right? And then an offer incentive. In the incentive really varies depending on industry if you're able to do it or not, right? So from a referral perspective, right? So and and I believe, my opinion, you should ask for referrals whether or not they do business with you or not. Because chances are, if at this point you're still talking with them, they like you enough. And a lot of times, if you've done a good job, you bring some value to them, even if they don't necessarily say yes to you, they're more willing to give you something, right? So I say, you know what? Hey, uh, Donnie, thank you so much you know, for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. Or if they're a current customer, hey, thank you so much for your business. Really, really appreciate it. Looking forward to taking care of you for X, Y, and Z. You know, one of my favorite things to do is meet with you know, executives like yourself who have been massively successful in whatever industry you're in. Who do you know who's like you that made like a similar program that, you know, we are doing business with you today on. Pause and wait. A couple things to point out there. Notice there is a little bit of a ego stroking there, very intentionally. Yeah. Open them up, right? And then an open-ended question. You know? Not do you know anyone? Who do you know? Yeah, who do you know? And then I wait and smile. And I just wait. Let the silence do its work. They might say, oh, oh you know, oh, I think anybody, I'll let you know. Okay, awesome. 
Now you give them a little bit of direction. That's part two. And you get really specific, right? And this is where it, it can, you have a little bit of variability depending on what you offer. Let's just say if I sold, uh, let's call accounting software to, um, you know, to, uh, I don't know, small businesses. Well, if, if, if depending on the business, I might say, okay, cool. Hey, I totally get that. If it's a geographic area, right? I might say, hey, listen, I totally get that. Do you happen to know who's over at XYZ bicycle shop. So I'm really specific there, right? And you can get, you can say, oh, uh, do you, I don't know, who do you know in your chamber of commerce? If you found out they work at the chamber of commerce, who are some of your uh, top vendors you work with, your favorite vendors? So now you can get really, really granular <clears throat> and you ask just three to four really targeted questions in a specific, it's kind of like if someone said, hey, let's like, you know, if someone said, hey, Donnie, uh, which what you know, which one of your friends, you know, likes movies? You'd be like, uh, I don't know, I guess all of them. <laughs> but if you say, hey, listen, which one of your friends loves scary movies? Now you're narrowing the niche down their mind. So right. that makes very, it makes it very powerful by, by dying that way, right? And of course, if you are face-to-face, -face, you're not doing a Zoom call, what I absolutely love is if I see their cell phone on their desk, I'll say, hey, listen, Lily, who's in your cell phone right there? I just smile, wait, right? So, and that's very, very powerful, right? And usually, uh, so the key is you ask one question at a time and you wait. One at a time and you wait. They might say none. That's okay. And then at the very end, I like to give a uh, incentive if you can do an incentive, right? So let's say maybe, and if you are, depending on your business model, if you can give a trial into something else, like a future upsell, it's really smart. If you can't, no problem. Maybe it's just a free whatever, right? So you say, hey, listen, uh, tell you what, um, Listen, I normally get 10 referrals. If you give me five today, I will give you X. What do you got? And you wait. So now you have an incentive. You do that, you do that last though, right? I don't like to give away stuff until I go through the steps so I get as much out of possible. Because usually if I get at least one, I say, hey, listen, you give me one so far. Most people give me 10. Just need four more and I'll give you X. So it's a very, very powerful as well. So, and you do that every single time, every single sales call, whether you close it or not, you will get more referrals automatically. It just simply happens because you are trying to do it, you know, whether Absolutely. you're in the all, all steps or not. So Absolutely. that's, that's a very simple way to get, uh, get referrals. Love it. Great. Uh, great advice there. I'm going to, I'm going to back up. I believe there is, I believe post sale, I believe there's a stage of consistency where you show up instead of leave, but I'm going to, sure. um, well, I, I would ask you that like, so, um, in, in the next, phase we'll get to is gonna be closing but in between this and that might come a place where you're showing up as someone who is consistent and not fly by night is that something and obviously it depends on what you're selling and in industry but if you can show up as someone who cares and is consistent uh, what does that do for those type of relationships and even the ask yeah and this is before a close <clears throat> before a close right like if well, it's uh, no okay I'm, I'm going reverse so this is they've been closed and now you're showing up as as a consistent person or or someone that is um you know that, that wasn't what they were afraid right you, you they were afraid that mm -hmm. someone would would screw them over or sell them and leave them but here you are you continued with whatever process afterwards so and maintain a relationship is that 100 percent? yeah 100 percent. beautiful so and it, uh are you assuming they're managing the account too, or is it purely just for maintaining let's, relationship? Well, a lot of us, let's, so let's imagine that we're not the account manager because yeah. a lot of companies have that. And a lot yeah. of us salespeople will disengage there, but we're missing gold. 
So yes. now how do, I, how do I still maintain something where I get to have a consistent relationship where I can ask for those referrals or ask for connections? Yeah, and this is, this is such a huge opportunity right there, right? Especially if you are a, in a new business type position, right? Where it's like, okay, you don't want to be like, you know, closing and then I'm out, right? <clears throat> like at, at the end of the day, depending on what you offer and sell, there's probably still going to be a lag period between when they actually receive whatever you are offering, whether it's a product, a service, an installation of whatever it's going to be, right? I mean, I've always had the same. The sale truly begins after you close it. Yeah. Like that, like you could tell how awesome you are and all these great things, but if afterwards you're not able to deliver, man, that's, that's a hurts. That hurts your company reputation. That hurts you, hurts everything else. So um, every salesperson really needs to own it. Uh, until a true handoff, right? I, I believe it should be like a relay. Like you literally, eventually you have like, it's like handing a baton to the account manager if that's the case. Like, you know, so then this way, the customer feels really good. And this is how you build a long-term raving fan and not someone you're just taking the money from. So for example, so you just close it, you closed it, right? Let's just say if it's a four week time frame before they get their service, whatever it's going to be, right? Each company's going to have its own thing. There needs to be a cadence of expectation as well that you also want to outline for that customer, right? So that's the first step. Number one, be crystal clear with them. Don't just say, okay, see ya. See you later. It should be, hey, listen, just so you know, Donnie, this is what's going to happen. So we got this paper done today. I'll okay. process everything. We are expecting it will install or service will begin uh, in four weeks. Yep. Yes. In between, here's what's going to happen. Yes. Like, and you outline with them, right? Because if you have implementation, you know, people that are involved, right? Uh, service operations outline for them, like a bird's eye view is what's going to happen. Hey, so what's going to happen is, you know, Lisa's going to call you from the office to coordinate exactly which, you know, details that we need for X. Right. And then I'm going to show up with so-and-so a week from now and we'll call you to make sure you're there. We're just going to do a walkthrough, make sure everything's totally good from the software hookup, whatever, you know, like, and then from there, the following week, I'm going to, introduce you know so and so to help you with the actual the day of what's happening and then the third week i'm gonna introduce you to the account manager as well who's gonna be managing your account so you're crystal clear with them on exactly what's gonna happen right and i always prefer telling them and then also making sure there's an email to show them as well because sometimes they need, if you think about this if you close whether it's multiple calls or one call they you threw a lot at them and they're going to be like, okay, cool. Got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got it. And then they leave and they forget. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. So you want to make sure you say, Hey, this is what's going to happen. And then have some documentation as well. And of course, depending on the organization, if there's a good uh, email sequence as well, that can be also implemented for new customers to onboard them. That's really, really important too. Because oh, yeah. then it helps them as well. Just, just as some people just learn better with visuals. So um, there, there are multiple touch points there, but this all allows for the best possible customer experience. They feel supported. Like, yeah. Okay. It only reaffirms them that you are the right decision. And that's super, super important. I mean, I apply for my own business, right? It's been every business I've been a part of that onboarding is so critical, right? And it builds a really good brand. So before it's, it's like they are resold again through the onboarding process before yes. they even get into whatever program you're offering. Yes. That's so vital. So vital. Yeah, guys, the easiest client to get is the one you've already got. So right. you did all the hard work. And, and by the way, I, I had one guy one time. This is, this is, I'm sure you do this. I had him build, they had, they had no handoff. It was just, and I'm like, and he had no referrals. I said, well, here's what yeah. we're going to do. We're going to create a training 
And then we also, we're also going to let them know, hey, and after the training, we're going to do a quick 10-minute brainstorm, brainstorm session where you, you know, where you think of people who I need to be connected with who could use my, my he, was, he sold leads. And it's just like, it just makes it easy. Tell them what to expect. I love that you went there because that's all we're doing in the whole process. We're, here's, what's, here's what happens next. You're the expert. Tell them what happens next. Mm -hmm. All right. So to get there, we right. need to close them, which I know that we, you and I don't necessarily, like that's not a definition we necessarily, but we'll just use the word closing just because it's what everyone sure. understands. Give me, yeah. give me your best, I man. You could, you could only, like, again, this is generically applied because every mm -hmm. situation is different, but give me something with closing. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So um, closing to me should be very simple. Like it should be, in fact, the simplest part of the process. Yes. If you did everything right on the front end and you truly uncovered their needs, their wants, their desires, and what's most important to them, and you already shown them how your solution can align to whatever they want, the close should be very simple, right? And I, I believe many people overcomplicate the close. Come on. You know, and it should be literally as simple as you can do what I call a summary close, very simple. You know, <clears throat> hey, Donnie. You told me A, B, and C is really important to you. I showed you how our solution provides you X, Y, and Z benefit. And you also agreed. Total for this program is going to be X dollars. Should we get you set up? That's Come it. Come on. Like, Talk to me about the mindset because we blow it in the mindset or we get nervous yeah. or we feel weird or we, uh, we like we, so talk, talk me to the brain about, uh, uh, you know, in that space. Yeah, we overcomplicate it, right? And we, and we oftentimes we fear potentially the dollar amount, especially if it's like in a business to business sale, right? Like, it, like people are like, Oh, well, I wouldn't spend that much money myself. Right. Well, yeah, of course you wouldn't spend like 30 grand a month on a software. Like, like you're a consumer, right? But, you know, for a business, you know, if they are generating, you know, like, like five mil a month, that's nothing to them. Like, and a lot of times we get that, that misconception, right? And I'll give another example, right? So like, um, I think about like restaurants, you know, restaurants, some people like, you know, the, the before, uh, I'll give you an example. So before my prior business, we saw on a weekly basis, the service model. And if someone had spent, would spend 200 bucks a week with, you know, our business model, people are like, oh, well, I seem like a lot of money. Cause I don't know if I spent 200 bucks on this service. I'm like, but when you look at say their, their wine bill or their alcohol bill, they'll spend five grand a week on that. So how is this any different, right? So they're like, oh, I guess that's a good point. So it's, 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 a, it's a mindset piece that we have to forget about, right? And um, it's, it's always important to understand, don't, don't decide for the customer what they, like, what they want, right? Don't decide for them how much money they can spend. Yes. You don't manage their budget, right? right. So uh, when, you, when you go into that clothes, you, you have to number one, believe in yourself, believe in your product, believe in your company to be able to deliver whatever you are offering. If you don't have the belief, it's incredibly hard to sell anything, right? So you have to have literally the mindset is simple like this. It's literally the mindset. It's kind of like this. The mindset's this. You have the cure for COVID. Come on. They have COVID. You would be shocked if they did not buy your cure. That's how, that's how, that's the mindset you have to have. And when you have that mindset, you're like, Oh, of course. Like, you are, you're, you don't, you're, you're, you're sick. I have the only cure. Of course you're going to take it. Yeah. Of course. It's, 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 it should be a no brainer in your mind. And if you don't have that mindset, when you go for the clothes, then it comes off. It sounds like, 
would you like to buy my stuff? <laughs> and then they res- and then they, if they don't respond, then you try to talk to a sale and you're not letting the silence help you with the clothes. You know, so it, you don't want to keep it really simple. Allow them to respond after you ask the closing question and then you handle objections. But even with objection handling, you want to spend 90% of it asking questions and really uncovering what the real objection is without yeah. responding. Yeah. Yeah. The response does not matter as much as you understanding the real objection. Yes, yes, yes. It, yeah. And I would, I would say this hard and fast rule. If you give pricing, you must ask the question. Just like, you know, if you're going to give me a price, you better ask me if I want, if that's something that I'm willing to step over the line for, or you didn't serve me. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. I could, here's the thing. I'm realizing this is probably going to be a two part. You got so much good stuff on all of these things, man. And so I'm going to, I'm going to rewind um, to, it's interesting because I feel like, uh, and I say rewind, we're going to go to the, you know, like one of the top sections, you know, the beginning sections of this. Um, and yeah, I just, I have so many, I have so many other things I'd love to, love to just put your brain open on. So what we're going to do is I'm just, we're going to point people, follow, listen, follow Marcus Chan, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Guy does, he has, he puts out good stuff all the time. Um, let's go back. So let's just say we're going to go back before the presentation. Um, how do you, and even before, maybe we'll get in that, that, that stage where they don't know you, right? Whether you are either identifying them or you're trying to get them curious or, you know, like, like feel safe enough to come to the table with you. So we'll like, we'll go to the prospecting part of it. And I know that's yeah. a place where you like thrive. Talk to us about that area. Just, just one strong nugget. Cause I know you got like a thousand. So if you were, yeah. you're going to load your best bullet, what would it be on that? Yeah. So I would say that let's, here's, here's a really applicable one, right? Um, let's talk about prospecting. Let's talk about LinkedIn DMs. Oh right. yeah, good. I'm glad you went because yeah. you get the outreach, right? You're like, you're like, you can't get their phone number somehow. You don't have their email. You're like, how can I get a hold of them on LinkedIn? How can I get in their door? Okay. Um, first, here's what you don't do: do not connect with them and then send them a pitch DM. Do not do that. Just stop doing that. If you do, that stop again, do not that. connect that and just, then what? Oh, a pitch and pitch them. Yeah, do not connect and pitch. Like you, you put like in your copy. You know, hey, Donnie, I work with a million businesses and I help them with this, this, and this. Here's my Calendly link. People hate that. Just, just stop doing that. Okay. So I think the first piece is uh, from a prospecting perspective, understand exactly who your target market is and how most people are trying to approach them and what would turn them off. What I just said is majority of people. That's pretty simple. So don't do that, first off, okay? That's a really easy tip right there. Second, think about how can you break through the noise, right? And right now we're talking about more social selling prospecting. So there's a, there's a difference in how your approach is going to have to be. So they accept your request, okay? When you send them the very first DM, do a video, right? Do a video DM because, number one, they're not expecting it. Number two, most people are unwilling to do it, right? Number three, they can see you are a legit person. You do not copy and paste a template into there. And number four, then you can, they, can, they just see you. You can be yourself. And they are going to be more apt to being open, right? Because when you send that DM, your goal is not to book the appointment yet, but it is to get them to like you and trust you. <laughs> That's really the key because 
this is not a cold call, right? Like you, you need them to respond back to you. And if you just have a pitch, they're not going to respond. But if you send them a video DM introducing yourself, right? And it's personal. Make sure you obviously you have good lighting and you have good background. So you're, you're not like, you know, like, I don't know, like looking like a hobo or something. Like look <laughs> the parts, right? So you can do a quick video DM, introduce yourself, and then do something that most people are not going to do, right? Like for me, my go-to is I to give something of high value that's irresistible, that's completely free. And the reason I do that is when someone gives you something that you don't know, that's high value, you feel like you must reciprocate and you don't know how. I love and you. The easiest way is to respond. I love you too. Right? Yes, yeah. No, it's like when someone says, I love you. Yeah. I'm, 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 you're like, you're like I love you too, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so that's why it's very, very valuable, right? So, and then from there, um, when you do that, they're like, oh, wow. And that's it. It's a very low commitment ask to give them something like, hey, check this out. That's of high value, right? And because you're not asking for time and appointment. Because now when they receive it, they're like, huh, they're going to check it out. See, it's a personal video because you want to make sure you say their name, right? You're giving them something. You're not asking for something. And that's all you're asking for. You're just saying, hey, check this out. That's it. It's completely free. It's going to help you. And now they're like, wow, that was totally different. I did not expect that at all. You've now cut through all the noise of everybody else and their chance to respond to you are significantly higher as a result. Love and now it. you can start having a conversation, a dialogue to potentially open up to on the phone or Zoom and actually book a real time. Um, but come on, come on, man. People doing the wrong things at the wrong stage is really what messes up sales processes. And you, you have just laid out some gold. And listen, hey, if you're selling from anywhere, you better be using what Marcus just now told you on LinkedIn and using video. And, you know, there are so many things that are at your disposal now. The main thing is create a predictable process for yourself and, uh, and track towards it. So listen, we're out of time today, Marcus, but I want you to do this, man. I want you to tell us where we can find you, where we can connect with you. And I'm thinking I'm feeling uh, another, another follow-up to this. So I, I, we, we love it and we're appreciative, man. Where can we find you? Awesome, man. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on. Absolute blast. Talking about a lot, of, a lot of cool things today. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Super easy. Just look at Marcus Chan and look for the only guy in his speedos and a tagline. They sell speedos <laughs> at one point, right? So it's really easy to find. To As of right that, now, man. I'm the only guy with speedos and a tagline. And of course, you can also head over to uh, marcuschan.io forward slash resources. And there's tons of actually free resources in there. So it's marcuschan.io forward slash resources. There's free trainings, access to my blog, a bunch of free content in there designed to help people sell more and earn more. Marcus, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.